0: Lot Talk Radio. Welcome, everybody, to the Great Iron Blitz right here on Tune In. Player FM, Google Cast, Apple Podcasts, and always on uh, iHeart Radio, on the biggest platform in podcasts, and right here on Block Talk Radio as well. So, uh, your host Oscar Lopez here, episode 285, jam-packed two hours that we're going to have today. We're going to be talking a little bit of the NFL Pro Football Hall of Fame that happened this past uh, weekend. We'll also dive into some NFL offseason news. Uh, we have a loaded. No joke football huddle, three huddles today, including uh, LFL fanatic Nate Ward, who will be here to talk about the uh, LFL playoffs that are going to happen in Los Angeles on October 24th. And we have one great matchup in week 16 that we got to ch- chat about. Uh, other than that, a lot of international uh, news and events that are going to be happening in August, kicking off this, this coming weekend here on August 10th, all the way through the end of August a lot of international events for the women's game. So we chatting about that in the second hour uh, today in the huddle. We are going to have uh, some of the individuals that are going to be participating in the WNFC phase two for 2020 and uh, WNFC announces a couple teams already this week, um, breaking news out of, you know, different regions of the country. We had anticipated certain teams uh, to be joining the WNFC from maybe WFA powerhouses, but we did not anticipate that certain D3 teams would be joining the WNFC. So that was a surprise in itself. Um, But we do have today the owner of the Carolina Queens, and that'll be Ebony Kimbrough. And she's totally excited to jump into 2020 for the WNFC on the East Coast. We're also going to have head coach Rich Harrigan of the Philly Phantoms and he's going to be participating in 2020 as well in the WNFC. And then we we're we going to talk Texas ball. We're going to talk football. We're going to talk about eight-on-eight, seven-on-seven, uh, just in a, in a, in an awesome organization in Texas that we have not spotlighted as often as we should. But we are going to uh, talk about the IWFA, the Icon Women's Football Association. And that will be uh, the co-founder, Terrence. Haywood, who will be coming in here in about an hour, and we're going to talk all things IWFA, and some of the uh, individual players that have come from the IWFA have really impacted uh, Legends Football League in itself, the Austin Acoustic primarily, so we're going to be excited to talk about all the ballers that they're breeding, and some of those ballers that are obviously on the biggest stage in terms of visibility, which is Legends Football League, and especially in the Austin Acoustics. And Cassandra Bills is an example, Elani Lopez, Michelle Marshall, and we have other names that he's probably going to bring up. Uh, but a great organization doing a lot of things in terms of arena style ball, and it's contributing um, to their success, especially those that get on rosters in the LFL. So we're going to be talking all that today, headlining, all that stuff. And we are also going to talk and getting ready for – the uh, Euro Women's Championships, BAFA Women, and the Euro uh, Championships in the IFAB. And that's going to be happening coming up here on August 12th through the 17th. It is the Euro Tournament. Austria, Finland, Sweden, and Great Britain will be competing at the IFAB World Championships. Totally excited there to see what's going to come about and who's going to come out on top. Uh, very excited to see how the Austrians will fl- uh, will fare in this uh, tournament, comparing uh, all three of the other uh, teams are obviously with international experience. So that's going to be interesting to see. We're also going to have August 10th, and we'll talk to Terrence here, uh, IWFA versus FXL Mexico uh, event, and that's going to happen on August 10th. And his squad, the IWFA All-Stars, taking on the FXL All-Stars, that'll be August 10th. Uh, The Mexican Women's Open tournament in Monterrey, Mexico will happen August 14th through the 18th. The best players in Mexico from every coast will convene in Monterrey uh, to showcase their talent and abilities for the opportunity to be on the roster for the 2021 Mexican National IFAB uh, Bronze many winning team. So that's sort of the The whole pace that Mexico is taking out—it is taking a full, uh, full bore uh, attitude, and they are looking for the best talented athletes in their country because they obviously want to be known on the world stage as one of the best countries to play American football. And they are preparing their uh, female athletes for that stage in 2020. So they won bronze this in Vancouver, and they're looking for silver or gold, obviously in Finland, as. Uh, we approach 2021. So that'll be pretty exciting um, to kind of figure out what they're going to do, who comes out of the camp, what league's going to stand out. Um, so all that's happening. Uh, Football Femmex will cover that for us. And we will have our network wall-to-wall on that event in Monterey as we come up. And the only place to be, and the place to be, is obviously at the hub at Facebook.com or slash Career and Beauties. And that's where you want to be. If you miss anything that's happening in the women's game, that is where you want to go at facebook.com forward slash Beauties. So check it out, and don't miss a beat, and stay up to date. And that's what you want to do. Uh, we are uh, celebrating. Uh, last uh, last month, we celebrated eight years on Twitter. Coming up here in November, we're going to be celebrating almost 10 years on Facebook. So really, really thank everybody that has supported us. Over 20,000 strong, now made aware that women do play American football, and they their game is no-joke football. So thank you to everybody who's supported us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and all the other platforms that we're on um, as well. So um, the other event that's going to happen at the end of the month, August 30th through September 1st, and that's going to be WFA Team United uh, will be taking on uh, MIFA Canada All-Stars. And if you need details there, you can go to the hub. Right there is the link. You can tap on that and uh, you can get uh, basically details on how to be a participant in the WFA Team United. You will need a passport as well. So um, if you decide to participate, there are details there, and you can go to the WFAProFootball.com site and get all the details there. So you still have a little bit of time. I don't know if they've made their final selection cuts, but um, if you go there, you get the details. You can even email them and see where your standing is. The other thing that's happening is the WFLA event. That's going to be happening, and that's going to take place, I believe, on August 10th, and that is a, a tryout in Southern California. You can get the details there at the Hub, and we've had that posting for, what, three weeks ago. So you can look it up there, or you can do it, You can go directly to their website, or you can go uh, to the Facebook page at WFLA, and we'll see how interesting that becomes. And that's going to be also a first million-dollar draft coming up here in about a month or so, and that's uh, the details are there. And we'll see how that league matures in terms of opportunity for women. So we'll see how that kind of comes about. Uh, A lot of people kind of questioning all the, you know, things that are coming out in terms of post. But until they get up and running and until everything is front and center, obviously we will know exactly what they're all about. And at this point, it looks like they're legit enough to be posting and having tryouts at certain major um, stadiums. So we'll see how many teams will come out of that. Uh, probably an 8-10 to, t- eight to 10 team reality out of a 30 that was announced originally. So we will see how that happens. We also have Legends Football League playoffs coming up on August 24th in Ontario. It is the Atlanta team taking on Seattle Miss. And at this point, is Atlanta, it's Austin versus Los Angeles in a rematch if Nashville Knights uh, lose this weekend. It's a Austin versus Nashville. If Nashville wins, then obviously there's the structure changes right there, and we will figure that out. But as it stands right now, if the Austin Acoustic do win, it will be Austin Acoustic versus Los Angeles Temptation in a rematch. So that's the, the lowdown there. And we'll talk to Nate in the second hour. We'll talk Legends Football League exclusively there in terms of what's coming up there. Uh, so we're going to be bringing in Ebony Kimbrough, of the Carolina Queens here in a couple minutes uh, to talk WNFC 2020. WNFC announced uh, Carolina Queens, Philadelphia Phantoms, La Muerte de las Cruces just got barely announced, and then the Mississippi Lady Panthers were added again also to the um, WNFC 2020. So the East Coast has been sort of uh, compressed. The West Coast, not so much, but the East Coast really is one of the – the Atlantic Conference was one of the focus – Then we talked to uh, CEO Odessa Jenkins, and so they're uh, keeping their word. They're putting kind of emphasis on the East Coast, and we'll see that. They've only lost one team so far. I think it was the North Florida Pumas who branched out of the WNFC for Season 2. And Other than that, they've added uh, about four teams now. So we'll see how that turns out. So let's talk uh, about Pro Football Hall of Fame. and the Pro Football Hall of Fame, Tony Gonzalez, Ed Reed, Champ Bailey headlined the 2019 class. Uh, If you have no idea who Tony Gonzalez is, obviously you've been probably in some sort of a deep state of sleep. Uh, Tight end Tony Gonzalez, safety Ed Reed, center Kevin Maui, and cornerbacks Champ Bailey and Ty Law were all selected Saturday as the modern era inductees for the 2019 class. Gonzalez, Reed, Bailey were all picked in their first year of eligibility Uh, One senior finalist was safety Johnny Robinson, and two contributor finalists was Denver Broncos owner Pat Bolin and former Dallas Cowboys executive Gil Brandt. Those are the other ones that were selected. Gonzalez, obviously the one with the better resume and probably the most visible one. Uh, All-time leader among tight ends in both catches with about 1,325 and receiving yards with about 15,127. In 17 seasons, 12 with Kansas City and five with the Atlanta Falcons, he was a four-time Pro Bowl selection and a six-time All-Pro. So that right there is a very strong resume. Reed, on the other hand, patrolled the Ravens secondary for 11 years, earned nine Pro Bowl birds and five All-Pro Bowl selections before playing his timeout in, as a New York Jet and a Houston Texan in his final season. His 64 interceptions ranked seventh. In NFL history, and no other player has more interception returns, uh, roughly about 15, uh, 1,590 yards. And uh, Ed Reed's story is very uh, emotional because he comes from, obviously, an area that he had to put a lot of time and effort and work and sacrifice to get where he's at now, and he's also given back to his community, and he's done a lot of things in his area that where he came from to try to you know, give other people an opportunity to, uh, you know, aspire to where he's at. So it was a really great story there to hear that. Uh, Champ Bailey spent the first five years of his career as a Washington Redskin before being traded to the Denver Broncos, uh, for whom he would play another 10 seasons in exchange for running back uh, Clinton Portis, a 12-time Pro Bowl selection. He finished with 52 interceptions, lost served as one of the uh, linchpins of three Super Bowls, for obviously the Patriots, and we're all, he's well known for that as well uh, on the Patriots. Um, for, for two, in, in A member of the NFL All-Decade for 2000. He was selected to five Pro Bowls and finished his career with 53 interceptions. Uh, former teammate Tom Brady wrote a letter to the selection committee vouching for law and former Patriots defensive end Richard Seymour, who did not make the final cut this time around after being named a finalist a year ago. Uh, Maui, uh, as a Samoan, uh, a Hawaiian Samoan heritage earned pro bowl, knots in eight of his 12 pro seasons. He spent eight years with the New York jets. He ran sandwich between four year stinks with the Seattle Seahawks and the Tennessee Titans. Robinson played 12 seasons for the Dallas Texans who would later become the Kansas city chiefs. And, and after starting his pro career as a running back, he switched to safety after two seasons. and recorded 57 interceptions in 10 years um, during Pat Bolin's 35-year ownership of the Broncos, he claimed three Super Bowls and reached the playoffs 18 times. He also stands as the only owner to win 300 games in his first 30 seasons. Uh, Due to his complications with Alzheimer's, he relinquished his day-to-day control of the organization back in 2014. Uh, Gil Brandt served as the Cowboys vice president of player personnel from 1960 to 1989, a period during which the franchise won two Super Bowl titles and recorded a stretch of 20 consecutive winning seasons. So that is your class of 2019. You can go to NFL Network, get the uh, induction ceremony uh, replays there. You can also go to YouTube and things like that. So pretty awesome uh, to hear about all those individuals that are now in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So let's go into the huddle. Sponsored by Zazzle.com. And you can always go to Zazzle and get your leggings, hoodies, and everything else. You can also get uh, DC and Marble gear as well so go to the huddle uh i mean go to the no joke football shop at zazzle.com and so you can get basically up to 20 percent off support the podcast support our awareness project and you can get some cool stuff there you can also get our stuff which is the silver and black popular uh shirt that's the bold statement that we have been running for 10 years and that is girls play american football and their game is no joke football so let's go into the huddle and let's talk to the uh owner of the newest team that's going to be in the WNFC and that would be obviously uh, Ebony Kimbrough of the Carolina Queens. Hi Ebony, how are you doing today?
1: I'm fine, how are you?
0: I'm doing great. Um, How was was your excitement? Did you have to contain yourself? Couldn't announce it or? Hold it, hush, hush.
1: I did. Still, got a I nail. Did. I am excited. I am excited. My staff is excited. The players are excited. You know, we took 2019 off to regroup. Had a lot of players with a lot of nagging injuries, so it was just a smart decision for us to sit out a season. And they're chomping at the bit to get started right now.
0: <laughs> so, Ebony, excited. you've been here. You've been here in this sport a long, long time. You've gone through various leagues. The IWFL, obviously majority, um, you're not the only individual that we've talked to where, you know, you've seen this uh, puzzle that's called, uh, you know, the women's game off season where everybody switches back and forth or moves on or Correct. whatever. But it just seems refreshing that at the beginning of last year, right, we have this mm-hmm. this league announced that they're getting hooked up with Riddell and Adidas as major backing. And you would never see that coming, right? And everybody's like, oh, that's not going to happen. It couldn't happen. Never would happen, right? But is right. that something of a draw for you? Or what was the conversation between you and the WNFC at this point?
1: Um, that was a draw, but I love the game plan that this, uh, they have put, put out for this league. Um, like you said, I've been in a few different leagues. And this one raises the bar. Um, there's a lot of components to it that made me say, "Hey, you know, I'd like to be a part of this. Uh, my team and I would like to be a part of this because it's the the new thing smoking. It's the next step forward. And again, like I said, it's it's raising the bar, and we wanted to be a part
0: of it. Ebony, um, financially, you get some perks here because normally you got to Pony up most of the money, uh, so there's a sort of right. a change there, right? But you also have a, a higher ahead. expectation and responsibility. We talked to Jordan Marie and uh, and uh, Tiffany Matthews last week, so the expectation is a right. little bit more professional, business minded. So a lot more pressure in administrative, and maybe you know in terms of marketing, a lot more pressure that way. Correct. Right. Uh, and also the players, right? right? The player the players now are part of. Uh, uh, probably a new mentality in a way because they make or break the brand as well.
1: Correct. Correct. Um, It's uh, we have restructured completely as far as the staff and all of that. So we're, we're on the, all on the same page, ready to go, ready to do what we need to do. Uh, Players are committed already um, and ready to go. So we're, we're right along with them. Every, you know, everything they're going to expect from us, we're, we're ready to provide.
0: Ebony, um, what, what would you say at this point? Everybody's probably heard it from listening from previous podcasts, but what would you say that's going to make Carolina so special? Is it just the region that you're going to present this new WNFC mentality? Is it because you're going to be live on WNFC TV and people are going to actually know that women do play American football in the Carolinas, not just the Carolina Panthers. So what's, what's your excitement in other words for
1: 2020? You know, that's a good question. Um, We hope to uh, bring in a completely different fan base as well as our regular fans, um, the marketing strategy that we're about to implement will reach a lot further than we had in the past. Um, so, yeah, we, we want to show that women not only enjoy this sport, but can really play this sport, really understand this sport. And like you said, you know, we've, I've been around a long time. The team has been around a long time. And it's just like a resurgence for us, like, hey, we're still here because this team has been in Charlotte since 2004. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: But, you know, we're, we're hoping that we're, we're doing everything that we need to do to make it a much bigger uh, household name. That's the excitement that we want to have in, in our market is for this team to be a household
0: name. Ebony, um, you have a whole state mentality, right? Because a lot of times people are regional. You live, if you're in a big metro area, you're split up in two or whatever. But you basically own the state, mm-hmm. right? So it's basically, you know, Carolina, North Carolina State really is what you own. Um, are you excited that you're going to be taking on pretty much that East Coast swing now? We got Philly that just got announced. You got Washington mm-hmm. Prodigy just got announced. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, your are Homer Staples, Atlanta Phoenix, Alabama Fire. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of quality teams in year one in the WNFC Atlantic that were pretty competitive. So that's a, kind of got you exciting to kind of mix in with those folks. I know we talked to uh the Washington Prodigy and their their slogan is respect for twenty twenty. I don't know if you got a slogan going for twenty twenty.
1: We haven't gotten a, a different slogan for twenty twenty. Um we do have two two slogans that you know, have been our catchphrases for the past few years. And um, one is, um, <laughs> one, let me get your bag dirty. Um, but our main slogan has always been, it's our turn to play. Um, and we hope to, to, to take off from that as well um, for 2020.
0: All right, Ebony, tell me a little bit about the IWFL Dismise. You, you guys were very successful there. In, in a lot of ways and so when all this stuff went down with the legal stuff it just they sort of collapsed the east coast uh was that what is that a, was that a determining factor for you to take the year off kind of like what st louis did before that because low numbers or probably wasn't the right time you know to throw up a team and all that so was there what what, what factors in other words just to, to shut down for a year and then kind of resurface now
1: well, we actually, when we actually left uh, IWFL in 2017 and played with the USWFL in 2018, but it literally was just logistics for us. Um, at that time, you know, there weren't any more teams on the East Coast in the IWFL, and it just was um, the smartest move for us to make. Um, you know, and what I try to explain to people is, no matter what league you play in, usually there's going to be something that you're not happy about. Maybe, you know, something you might not like. Um, But I've never uh, been that owner to nitpick about little things or, you know, I I do what I'm supposed to do. My team is where we're supposed to be and we play when we're supposed to play. Um, You know, a lot of teams take personal issues and, uh, go from one league to the other. And I stayed literally in the IWFL until I just, it didn't make sense financially for us anymore to stay there for 2018. So we went to USWFL and then we were plagued with a lot of injuries, which is why we took 2019
0: off. Ebony, the, the rostering, have you increased the demand for it? So are are you like at required 45, just so you're okay for a full season? Or what's the issue with rostering at this point, if any?
1: Um, Right now, um, we actually uh, are pretty set on the roster. We're pretty good to go at the moment. Um, We'll have a first tryout uh, in the next few weeks. Um, But we already have quite a few returning players committed, some who haven't played in a while, um, as well as new players that have already come in and – basically sign their paperwork they just have to do officially do a tryout but uh, that won't make too much difference since they've already come in and signed their paperwork
0: all right the logo we're pretty good uh, good on roster all right awesome the logo has changed Uh, everybody was kind of wowed Mm -hmm. when it was posted and announced so um, Mm -hmm. black you're going with the black and your famous is that orange or is it what kind of coloring is that? It's a yellow gold.
1: It's a yellow gold. It's black, red, yellow gold, and now white. It's it's imp- We're implementing all four colors.
0: All right. Have you seen it on an Adidas uni or no?
1: Not yet. We're working on that right now.
0: Okay. But it is going to have a color scheme, in other words, like a different color scheme.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So it should look pretty cool on TV, right?
1: Hope so.
0: <laughs> well I know the b I know the Hope black so. helmet's gonna look pretty good on TV because that's usually how it fans out and, and then you have white uni white unis for home or whatever from last year. I don't know if they're gonna go with the same mm-hmm. mentality but if but I'm pretty sure the you know the white uniform's probably gonna stand out bright in terms of lights and stuff.
1: Right. All right. right um you know, we we've always uh, been a team that, you know, took pride in, in our uniforms and and what we look like. So, yeah, I'm excited about that.
0: Now, are you in that mode where are you not playing? Are you just strictly ownership here, no. administrative? What are we doing?
1: Oh, well, you know, I've been trying. I know you so get I've the edge. but are you,
0: are you just stepping away? Yeah, That's my yeah, I've
1: been playing for uh, 20 years, and I've been trying to retire for the last five. Um, so what I've done the past five years is just play a little less every year so i it wasn't just a shock that i wasn't playing so i'm not supposed to be playing i'm just owner and coach right now but
0: uh <laughs> we shall see are you talking to yourself right we now cuz it just seems like you're talking to yourself right I, I, now i'm talking
1: to you but i'm telling my i'm i'm telling myself again that i am not playing this year i am just owning and coaching so I'm telling you, but I'm reiterating to myself as well.
0: Yeah. You got to get in front of that mirror and really tell that, that person in that mirror that you're not <sighs> coming back. <laughs> yeah, I
1: pretty much told, told my coaches, you know, somebody take my equipment away from me so that it's not available.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, but is it more exciting for you now if you if you did s- decide to just kind of like put them up? and Because it's more of a serious business plan here, and Odessa's really with her, you know, other people that she's brought on it's really more of a drive for just making a real true business, right? So as an owner, I think that also has to give you a drive, right? Because you build it from scratch. Now it's a serious, you got to get revenue, right? I mean, you're not in this business to play around all the time. It's just something you got to turn a profit on. And when you get to that mindset, it's no different than the NFL, right? You got to make revenue in order for you to support the players or give the players, you know, what they need and for you to sustain. So it's just, I think a lot of it, Last year, I got mocked and somewhat blacklisted because I called one league recreational and and the new league business minded because I was looking (laughs) at all the stuff that was coming up. And so a lot of people, you know, I have no problem with that because we still need a feeder system, right? Even if you become the top league with some revenue, you know, opportunities, we still need a feeder system because we don't have a college football that we can have girls, you know, come from the bottom up like uh, like in, um, you know, men's college football. So we still got, uh, you know, Correct. concerns and things to work with. Not just because you guys either arrive and everything becomes cherry on the top, as they say. We still have so many intangibles below it that must sustain it in order for in order for it to stay at a higher level.
1: Correct. Yeah, it, because of the uh, requirements of this league, uh, it gives me more of that push to. Um, step, step up more as an owner and not a player. You know, I, I've I've done that part. Um, so now it's, it's business. It's time for business.
0: And Ebony, uh, your players uh, are draw in. We talked to Jordan and Tiffany and how they're, you know, their structure in the organization where it's a serious mentality where the player must contribute to marketing, must, you know, try to bring awareness to the team and, and to the league and, got to get serious basically it's no different than working for a corp or or working for some sort of you know regular d- d- day job uh, those are also requirements for supporting the business or bringing attention to the business to sustain so is that the approach you guys are taking as well
1: yes we are uh we are we actually have a um team meeting this weekend to uh lay out the pretty much all the rules and w- what each player will be responsible for um so they'll get all of that information this weekend.
0: Nice. Um, are you excited to go up against uh, Prodigy and Phoenix? I mean that's kinda like and then Philly. You got Star Wright probably excited to come on board as well, so it's like a little triangle there.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um we've uh we've been playing against Prodigy for a while. It'll be um our first season playing against uh Philly. Well, this Philly team. We used to play against the other the older Philly team. Um and then It'll be our first time playing a Phoenix, even though, you know, for years we played against the Explosion and, and so forth. So, yes, we're excited about all that.
0: What will be your natural rivalry to the fans that are listening right now? Is it is it Washington? Is it going to be Philly? What's, your, what's going to be your natural rivalry?
1: It's probably going to be uh, the prodigy right now, simply because we've already been, you know, playing against them for the last few years. So it's probably, it's, it's pretty, pretty much going to be prodigy.
0: All right. So, that's fans need to know that. So, Washington, Carolina, there's there's the library on that East Coast. Um, it's pretty awesome there. <laughs> um, Ebony, uh, when this came about, everybody knows Jenkins can sell stuff to Eskimos, you know what I mean? Up in Alaska. She's uh, very persuasive. So, um, did you have any doubt that this was going to come about at this point? You took a year off, and then you see all this news and everything, so... Yeah, any doubts that uh, OJ was going to come through here?
1: Oh, absolutely not. Um, had we played last year, we would have been with the league already. Um, I, I'm, I'm fully behind her. I, she's fully capable, and I have the most confidence in her. So we were. We, if we played for 2019, we would have already been in the league.
0: So you're already set and ready to go, right? You're just no doubts there. Correct. All right. Um, what benefits that you liked about this WNFC format? Is it the the you know what what benefits do you like of it? Is this the exposure? The fact that they have some streaming going on here. Um, I, I mean, what what's the, what draws you as an owner to say this is probably the, a, a great opportunity?
1: The level of exposure is probably foremost um, because uh, you know like you said, there's no lead up to women's tackle. It's just, here we are. There's no um, like high school teams, college teams. It's just, here we are. So the exposure is, is wonderful and it's probably um, what drew us the most.
0: Ebony, uh, we talked and I kind of hype up everything here most of the time. And, uh, but, you know, Nanji Martin probably set the bar with her relationships out there in San Diego, setting up a very professional live stream on Facebook live and, giving WNFCV uh, WNFC, TV a really uh kind of like a you know red zone NFL mentality type broadcast so mm-hmm. i think that's the expectation now that we're, we're we're taking into 2020 where every team in the league probably needs to step up the game in terms of make sure their streaming is at least up to par in terms of professional looking and and that stuff so that will also contribute to the fans being very aware of you know they don't have to be in the stands primarily which you prefer but at least they get a mobile access where family members and everybody else can watch the game and there's word of mouth marketing right there
1: correct absolutely correct
0: do you feel like that's going to be a benefit to you in the carolinas
1: Absolutely. Um we have, you know, a lot of our players uh come from surrounding areas and some come, you know, are from other states and other places and they've always had family that wanted to be able to see them play that weren't able to make it to the game. So it'll be uh definitely beneficial for us and we're looking forward to it.
0: All right. So owner hat right now um facility, you got a facility in place right now or you're looking at one or two facilities for the whole season
1: because that's We're, going to be one of the keys. Yeah. I've, uh, yeah. yeah, we've I've narrowed it down to three places um I just have to make a final decision and a lot of that will come once we uh are sure more uh about the dates. Um but yeah, it's narrowed down to three places right now.
0: All right. Any any major competition that you got there? I know uh, up north they had soccer. Uh what's what's the if, if any in What's the intangible in your area? Is it college football? Is it what what type of sports? Is it high school or what things would um, like make it hard for you to get facilities at this point?
1: Uh, track and field, soccer, okay. uh, those yeah, those types of things during during the spring. Mhm.
0: Mhm. So your Most, relationship track
1: is track and field and, and soccer.
0: Your relationship is what uh, okay with certain of those aspects of networking, where you might get first dibs at this point, or, or do you have to play outside of Charlotte, or what's what's an alternative?
1: Oh no, we're we're definitely going to be in the, in the city of Charlotte. Um, there is okay. we have a great relationship with the facilities here. Uh, our reputation over the years has spoken for itself. Um, so we have a great mm-hmm. relationship with all of the facilities here. So it's never a question of, you know, oh, we don't really want you here. It's more, like I said, you know, just to make sure that we can have all of the dates at the same facility. Um, that's the only thing. So it's not, it's not really an issue of getting someone to say yes to us. It's just making sure we can put all of the dates, home dates at the same place.
0: And that's great to hear because, uh, you know, loyal following would be, you know, people can know where to go to get, um, you know, to watch a team if they want to go see it watch, uh, live on, on, TV, on TV as well. But if they want to see it live in the stands, that's always great to have the one place where they can go, and it kind of just helps you overall with marketing it helps you all with drawing people into the stands as well. Correct. All right, so who's coaching this team besides yourself? Do, can you give us some names as to who's going to be guiding this uh, Carolina Queens
1: yeah, we have uh, Lawrence Bruton, we have uh, Miriam Key Parker, we have Liddell Richardson, um, and then I am deciding on two other coaches right now, but right now it's the four of us, um, and we'll add two more.
0: All right, so you, you, you have a pretty much a full staffing, right? Is, if, if that's, you have a pretty good full staffing to help you with positionings and stuff?
1: Yes, Absolutely. Um coaches pretty much everyone has a specific uh job. Um staffing is my my GM and marketing and player personnel. So everyone has a job now and um, we're ready to go.
0: All right, Ebony, um how hard nosed are you as a as an owner? Are you pretty hard nosed?
1: <laughs> if you ask my players, they say yes. If you ask me, I say no. <laughs> I don't think so, but apparently you're, my players seem to think so. But
0: <laughs> Well, you know what? It's it's a good sign in a way, I guess. It's not a negative sign. It just means you're either very firm on certain things and certain things just have to happen in order for it to stay afloat. So um, a lot of players can't relate to that until they've become some sort of management position in their everyday life. And then they kind of realize, oh, yeah, that, you know, you can't let things go to certain. Just because
1: Absolutely. Yeah. A- absolutely i had a um i've had a player who found out exactly what it takes you know had an interest in doing their team and they were doing that with some other people and finally understood you know what it takes and what it's like on this other side and they definitely that's not as easy as it seems
0: no, it's not. And, uh, you know, you, you can't always be the good guy. you got to be the bad guy. And the bad guy, not in a bad way, but a, a bad guy in a way where I think everybody needs to understand that if we go this way, it's not going to pan out. If we stay here, okay, a little harder road, but it will eventually pay off. So a lot of the conversation is really – some people like to take the easy road, but, you know, in terms of logistics and revenue, that's not always the case. Correct. All right. Um. Ebony, uh, are you excited uh, to kick off here now? Uh, I mean, seems like everybody's excited now because we're just gonna, you know, kind of like looking forward to a year or two, and it's gonna be a lot more exciting in the Atlantic. Not that it wasn't exciting in year one, but did you watch uh, the first year at all on TV, on Facebook Live, or anything I, like that?
2: <laughs>
1: I watched a little bit, but it was killing me that we weren't participating, so it, it was really hard for me uh, to watch, but I did watch a little bit. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I was also at this, you know, for this, this season, uh, 2019, I was coaching on a men's arena team. So that took up a lot of my time as well.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. Is that the aviators?
1: Correct. Yes.
0: All right. So you were doing half the, or how was that experience? Was that good or you've been doing that for a long time?
1: Oh, it was, it was wonderful. This was this was the first time that I had coached um, in arena ball, and so you know, arena ball of course is a little different. But it, it was wonderful. The coaches, the players, it was, I loved it. And I'm you know, actually a little bummed that I won't be able to participate like that with them for the next season because they play at the same time that we play.
0: Oh, so. uh, okay. So it's a evening type of environment as well.
1: Right. Yeah, it's spring. It's for spring ball as well.
3: Okay.
0: All right. Um, so we talked to uniforms. Talked about Odessa. Uh, anything that we have not talked about that you want our audience to know about the Carolina Queens?
1: Uh, they should be on the lookout on YouTube for some webisodes. The Carolina Queens will be um, putting some episodes of you know practices and you know day-to-day uh, interviews with players and all of that kind of stuff
0: on YouTube. So you're going to have a, a what a weekly segment of some sort or just to spotlight players or what's the format?
1: Right now it'll just be um you know uh, occasionally but once we get into uh training camp and all of that it'll be um a weekly segment every week.
0: All right. Um it's is it the just Carolina Queens on the search on the YouTube search or what's the actual <laughs>
1: uh it i believe it is just carolina queens my um my uh uh, uh media person handles it and i i believe it's just going to be carolina queens on the search it might just be Car- it, all it right. just might just be carolina queens football
0: okay so we can just get the links off your uh either your facebook page right as well
1: correct correct yeah they'll they'll be posted on there as well
0: all right um anything to say about the w n f c so far Uh, communication, marketing. uh, What are some things that you can say about the WFC right now before we kick off 2020?
1: Um, I can say that so far we're extremely, we're happy to be in this league. Um, So far they're doing everything that they said that they would do. And again, they put the bar really high and we're happy to be a part of it.
0: All right. Are you working with uh, Carolina panthers or anything like that like women's camps and stuff like that or is that not in the works or is it in the future
1: we're working we're working on it it'll probably more for next year but we're in the works on it right now
0: okay so you're in you're in tune with that um then you did what's her name let's see here i'm trying to remember the name what was your what was your best player uh a season ago i can't remember the name Trying to write down. I was re- trying to write down all notes on this um, before you um, before you took the year off.
1: Hmm. Let's see. <laughs> That's a good question.
0: I'll have uh. to research it. Um, because I I I was trying to write down stuff about your team because I'm not too familiar with your team, so I wasn't very familiar. Because mm-hmm. normally, you know, I'll I'll have to fess up here. We normally cover WFA or. We used to cover IWFL right. and, you know, that's so not so much the U.S. WSFL, but uh, for the most part. Um, okay. Is there any players that you uh, can throw a name out on offense and defense that we should be watching out for in terms of WNFC TV highlights?
1: Um, sure. Uh, Whitney Sherrill, uh, Rosalind Martin, Takaya Gilmore, um, all will be highlight players.
0: So you got, a, 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 um, you got a, a core individuals that we're going to be excited to watch every week. Yes. Yes. Awesome. All right. So the games, uh, the stadium's not, uh, I mean, your stadium's not going to be announced until the schedule's finalized. Is that what you're telling me? Correct. Okay. So you'll probably announce it as well, right? Get the announcement once it's official and where you get tickets and all that good stuff, right?
1: Correct. Yep. Absolutely.
0: Um what's the average ticket price that you guys are gonna be putting out there for fans so they're kinda of made aware of it now? Ten dollars. Average still?
1: adult price, ten yeah, ten dollars.
0: All right. And uh you know what the size of the stadiums are average, there? Are they like seven thousand, eight thousand?
1: Um, the stadium that we played in previously, they were right at um fifty five hundred, six thousand. Oh, okay, um, so That's we'll stay at least. Yeah, we'll stay uh, with the, one of those facilities.
0: Okay, perfect. All right, so Ebony, anything else that uh, I didn't, you know, ask you or anything like that that you want the fans to be made aware of before we let you go here?
1: I know. I think we've covered everything else.
0: Okay. Well, I, I really appreciate your time. I will look forward to another chat in season, and especially if you guys are going to be in some sort of playoff race. I know last year, it was really exciting for us uh, year one with the uh, rankings and making the rankings uh, sort of exciting in terms of, you know, the top, the middle and the lower pack and see who was creeping every week. So hopefully we will get to see Carolina, uh, Carolina Queens in that middle to top tier.
1: We hope so as well.
0: (laughs) All right. Have a great evening. Thank you again for uh, coming on. I really appreciate it. And uh, we wish you success in 2020.
1: Thank you for having me on. You have a good
0: evening. All right, guys, that was uh, Ebony Kimbrough, and she is the owner of the Carolina Queens, who will be the uh, team in the WNFC 2020 Phase 2 project. And so she's excited to bring uh, the Carolina Queens back, versus very su- successful team in the IWFL for many seasons, as well as the US WSFL. So um, this is her opportunity here to kind of showcase uh, Charlotte on a female level, not the Carolina Panthers, and put her team on the map in terms of a competitive squad to compete in the WNFC 2020. So let's go into the second huddle sponsored by Zazzle.com. And we're going to be uh, talking to one of the new teams as well. The second team that was announced, it was the Philly Phantoms. And we're going to be talking to their coach, which is uh, coach Rich. Harrigan of the Philadelphia Phantoms. Hi, Coach. How are you doing? Coach, are you there? Hi, Thanks. Coach. How are you, you doing, buddy? Yes, yeah, I'm yeah, here. Yeah, no problem. All right. Um, can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, we can hear you pretty good now. Okay. All right. Um, Coach, uh, how, how's it going today, and are you excited that you are – part of the WNFC for
2: 2020? Well, Oscar, um, it was probably something that was in the works even a year ago, but because the West Coast teams seem to have been the litmus test for the league and to to see how they started out and to see how they finished. Um, So we were looking forward to it. Actually, my owner, Star Wright, who's been around this league for a long time, who who's, uh, knows football from both sides of the field both sides of, of, of the um, you know sideline on and off and she's been looking forward to this opportunity once it came so yes we're, we we are very much looking forward to um, as the logo or as the slogan says for the, for the WNFC step your game up and we're definitely looking forward to that
0: Coach Rich, um, it's a different mindset in terms of competition because everybody's expectations are a little higher. Is the mindset higher for 2020 than it was for 2019, or are you always in that higher level of expectation from the players?
2: Well, Oscar, to tell you the truth, um, I've been coaching in this league for a long time. Um, I was initially part of the mass mutiny back in the early 2000s. And I eventually mm-hmm. was was an assistant coach with the with the Boston Militia. Um, then I moved my way to New York, and 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 I was the head coach for the New York Sharks for about five years. Um, and this is my second stint, and well, my 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 third stint here here in the East Coast with with uh, Philadelphia. We've always, or I've always had the mindset that um, step your game up, or you know, we we have high expectations. Um, I, you know, I was very fortunate to be under some great ownerships in, the, in in the past, even now, and the mindset has has always been trying to get to that championship, trying to be trying to set a new standard every year. Um, so yeah, we are definitely looking forward to the mindset being very high and having a very high expectation.
0: Coach, um, the reason I want to bring you on is because you have so much time in the sport and you've probably coached a lot of the legendary names in this sport, you know, Mulligan, Cahill, all those players you've been around. Um, this is a new adventure for a lot of the players because it's a kind of like a little higher level of visibility in a way, but the, the attitude's pretty much the same, right? You're chasing the ring. You've got to have that excellence, right?
2: No, definitely. And speaking on, being able, um, having, the, uh, having a great chance or, or the, the opportunity to coach some of the great names in football. Your previous um, uh, person who was on, Ebony, she was actually my, my starting fullback on my 2015 IWFL All-Star team. So I had the pleasure of, of, uh, of uh, coaching her for one game. Um, and, you, and you spoke of Odessa Jenkins, OJ, as we call her, um, my first year in New York, she was on my team that year, and I had her for one year so yeah um i've I've had the pleasure of, of, of coaching some great players, all stars, women who have made great strides in this sport, um, and they pushed me to the level that I expect to be pushed as well so um, so seeing o j take this to another level now and sort of mirror what the wFA had did several years back to try to bring a more competitive nature to the game or more competitive field to the game and get more teams to play at a high level. They seem to be doing it a little bit better, a little bit further and a little bit deeper um, than just a, just a competition on the field. They're also bringing some competitive um, um, re- um, resources to the game and, and to the teams. And I think that's the most that's the most attractive part.
0: In your years, uh, coach, um, what would be a couple things that you can make our audience aware of in terms of you know you've been around the sport a long time. Every off season, everybody switches leagues or new leagues arise, and what's it going to make different this time around? Because you 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 look at it, the sponsorship's probably different, right? Commitment by two major sponsors is different. Uh, yeah, WNFC TV, which is you know, more of a mobile platform where people can watch it on the go and, and all that stuff. So there's key elements of the branding that obviously stand out from anything else that we've done in the past. You know, I've been covering it since 2009. And I think last year for me was kind of like, okay, that's another level. And that's a level in EB sustain. And hopefully we don't drop off of that level. So, you know, a lot of the things that you've seen in the past have either worked really well, or at some point we've missed the boat. So are you excited that? You know, as we're going forward for next year, there's a couple piece, a couple things in place as a security blanket. we got two major sponsors obviously on board, and you have some mobile platform that is obviously making uh, more awareness to the sport.
2: Well, let me tell you, um, there's been some great pioneers in this sport and in this w- women's game that have uh, that have made these strides twenty something years ago. 15 years ago, even 10 years ago, going in the same direction. What's happening now is finally um, somebody at one of these corporate offices actually sat down and listened and actually executed a plan, Um, whether it was Adidas or, or, or Rydell. But the biggest factor that I think right now is being able to control your viewership or who views your game. So having the WNFC TV deal work out is a major plus. You know, a lot of times we hope that people are watching YouTube or can can find some highlights or find something on some other stream live stream thing. But this is this is now we have more control, or the league has more control over over when games are going to be shown, and now you can advertise it as such, um, and you can get to a. To, to 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 your viewership more. Um so again it brings a exposure in a much better fashion.
0: Coach Richard, we going to see you on the sideline screaming and yelling and you know getting on that edge mode uh Philly Carolina, well, Philly Washington prodigy.
2: Well, I I've, we I've I've been blessed I've been blessed to coach against the prodigy and the Carolina Queens over the years, um, and I'm sure their coaches will tell you they can hear my voice usually from across the sideline. So, yeah, I'll be raising my voice when I need to. Um, (laughs) But, uh, you know, sometimes being a leader, you got to know how to listen, too. So um, I've been doing better at that over over the years, I think, um, because the input from your coaching staff and your veteran players is is always needed. But I have no problem letting people know when they do well and when they don't and raising my voice a little bit.
0: All right. Coach, you've been around the sport a long time. It's not drama-free. you has got a bunch of ladies that play the sport. Uh How have you been able to stay sane, but not insane, but sane?
2: <laughs> well, you know, when I first got into the league, A lot of my friends, and I'll say most of of my male friends who play football or were involved with sports, Mm -hmm. but even my female friends, everybody had the same question, you know, what's the difference between coaching women's football and and men's football? And I said, well, other than that, it's a different sex. Um, There's not a lot of difference. The the only thing that people have to realize is because most women haven't played this when they were 5, 10, 12, 15 Mm -hmm. years old. It's similar, and I'm not trying to make any negative comments about women playing football, but it's like taking youth football but putting adults in it. Because in youth football, these kids have never played before, so they basically yeah. just, you know, have to learn from scratch. So, so, when, and, when, and, and, right? In women's football, they have to start from scratch. They have to learn the game. They have to learn the terminology. Um, so you have to be able to be very patient, but they don't want you to treat them like children because they're not. Treat them like football mm-hmm. players, and that's how, I, that's how I've always treated them. I think that's why I've been able to to sustain some time in this game because um, other than that part, the other major issue for me, and I, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, the trust issue. You know, we have a male-dominated sport that women love and they want to play. But as, but as male coaches get involved, we have to understand that although they're football players, um, we have to show respect to women in, in general as you would anywhere else in this world. And that's always been my thing is, um, you know, for them to trust us, we have to give them that. And it's been a great relationship for me and most of my players and the people I've, I've, that, I've, that I've been involved in. And I bring that to my coaches. You know, we are not here to, you know, you know, for a, a social environment. You know, we're, we're here to teach football. And these women will appreciate us and, and respect us if we give them that. And in the process, bring in more women to be coached. I've, I've, I've always been very lucky to have players who, who retired or, or whatever actually take over the coaching ranks as well. And I always try to develop that. So these are the things that are very important. Coach, um, there's a lot of things that
0: go into play into a season, rostering being one of them, number of, of, you know, players on your roster, uh, recruitment, things like that. Um, How is it in Philly? Are you having issues with roster sizes? Uh, What do you think you're going to be at in terms of opening day for 2020? Are you okay right now with enough to, uh, you know, field – and feel comfortable with
2: well, you know going into the 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 fall is, is when we usually start our tryouts and we get and we start heading towards mini camp and stuff we i mean i've I've been blessed last year was a my first year in philly um you, you know they lost a, a ton of players of very very good players a lot of their star players left to join other teams um and we had almost start start from scratch we had some veterans who were who were still who were still very dedicated there. We had a good core of rookies come in um, because my, my my tryouts people get cut like you're not just going to make the team just because you try it out. But we haven't had a problem with numbers to start. But like most teams, it's 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 where you're at at the end. <laughs> you know, you if you're going to go into a season with 45 players, which is what we had on roster, you want to try to keep it near that number. Um, and and some, sometimes you don't have that. Um, but but as far as I'm concerned for the Philadelphia area we have South Jersey uh Central Jersey we have Delaware we have other parts of Pennsylvania and, and that we can pull from and uh and they come from different from those different areas so numbers wise we, we 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 will do just fine
0: All right coach uh natural rivalry so fans are kind of getting hyped up now is it the prodigy of Carolina Queens what what's what's our natural rivalry for the Philadelphia? I would advantage? say at
2: this point, I would say at this point, probably there there is none at this point because it, because there may be some other teams still still coming on that might fit that bill, um, and I won't okay. say those names cause, because I'm not sure if if, if they're going to join. Um, but as far as um, distance wise and location wise, uh, I would say the Prodigy would probably be a good rivalry because I know they're. Mm-hmm. They have a great organization. They have a um, wonderful staff, and they develop their players to, to, to play really good football. Um, but I can't say who our rivalry is yet. I would say this: Philadelphia's rivalry is ourselves right now, because we need to 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 prove to ourselves and to the league that we belong in this league. All right. Um, you have seen everything change in the
0: uh, in the women's game. WFA, uh, IWFL, USWFL, everything's changed, and you've been a part of this, you know, industry for a long, long time. Um, do you do you feel like we're going in the right direction, Coach? Uh, I know, you know, we lack a a feeder system basically to, for sustainability, but we do have certain programs in place, like in Utah. Certain things are starting to work out with, like Coach Dion Lee working with trying to get nationwide flag football for girls. Um, So there's still a lot of things that have to be, you know, fall into place. Um, Are you, are you, you know, sort of excited that we got a a league here with another level of mentality for awareness, but also, you know, we do also still need a feeder league and a developmental league, which I think for me, it would be nice if all three branches would just kind of commit to one level like they do in soccer where if the WNFC is going to be the top tier, then the WFA could be the feeder and the developmental league could be like the US WSFL. But, I mean, trying to get everybody on the same tables has always been the issue. But how do you feel about that in terms of where the state of the game is?
2: Well, I think what's going to happen is the play on the field will dictate how well things are going. Um, One of the reasons why these leagues have been formed is because, you know, because you get a lot of uh, powerhouse teams, let's say, you know, playing against teams that are new, that are from smaller markets, that don't have the same resources. Um, so this is, they're, they're trying to balance that and make it so that those who join have the same amount of resources and, and, and can work from the same pool of um, resources. Uh, but I, I do see it going in the right direction. The, 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 and I've seen things go in the right direction in the past. Sustainability is the issue. That's the main thing. And I think with the corporate people that are involved right now, and the leadership in the, in the WNFC, um, you know, people like Colette, Colette Smith, um, who was a former player in the Sharks, and she was also now she's in a leadership role in in, in women's sports and and and, and empowering women um, all over the world. Uh, these 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 sort of situations bring more to this league to bring bring out. More um, ex- ex- exposure to, to 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 help women get involved more, and to also press upon the, the issue of sustaining it. You know, bring your professionalism. They have leadership programs. They have professional training. All this is part of this. You know, um, mm-hmm. it, this is this is not a rec league, and it's going right. in that direction. All
0: right. So, coach, I really appreciate your time. I really uh, appreciate all the. Everything you've done for the sport, as well. I know you've, you're a proven uh, individual, and that was one of the reasons I wanted her to bring you on. Uh, I know I'm trying to get Star on as much as I can, but I know she's got a busy schedule, so we'll we'll see she's if we a, touch base with her. She's a
2: busy one, trust me. Yes, she's, a, oh, yeah. she's extremely busy, but 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 she, her her heart is in this thing 100%, um, and uh, and we're looking forward to it. And uh, she's she's done a great job. And, um, and, and I couldn't ask for a better owner.
0: Well, coach, uh, we are very uh, privileged to have you on and uh, hopefully we will touch base once again before the 2020 season kicks off to see what the state of the Philadelphia fam is going to be for competition in the WNFC. Um, but we'll look, are I'm very honored to have you on and I look forward to another chat with you and uh, continued success. And we hope that the roster will be a positive for you and sustainability and The prideful thing about the WFC last year, no forfeits. And I think everybody that is in the league has the same mindset, which is a bonus for the sport in itself and to be taken seriously. It's even more of a responsibility. I agree.
2: Well said. Well said. I agree.
0: All right, sir. Thank you very much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Have safe travels home. And then we will try to touch base with you uh, maybe before – uh, March or somewhere in that area, where see where we're at in, in terms of the state of the game, in terms of the Philly Phantoms, and uh, looking forward to 2020.
2: I look forward to it, um, and and we the Philly Phantoms, and I'm sure I speak for all the other teams. We appreciate what you're doing. This platform is is, is incredible. Thank you so much, and thanks for having me on. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Coach Rich. Thank you. Have a great uh, evening, and we'll look uh, forward to another chat and to see where the Philly Phantoms are going to be in 2020. Have a great evening.
2: Okay, Oscar. Awesome. Thank you. Have a have a good night.
0: All right, guys. That was uh, legendary Coach Rich Harrigan, and he is like he said before. He's been part of this industry for a long, long time. Wanted to bring him on because he is, and he knows the stuff, and he's now going to be guiding the uh, Philadelphia Phantoms into the WNFC 2020. Very exciting. Uh, We had Ebony Kimbrough for the Carolina Queens as well. Pretty exciting to uh, get both of their takes in terms of what they're excited about in terms of the WNFC and bringing that attention to the sport. And also just another level of awareness in terms of a mobile platform and everything else. So they seem really geared up to try to get their organizations on board to be as competitive as possible and make a mark in the WNFC. So let's go into the third huddle sponsored by Zazzle.com. You go to Zazzle.com, get leggings, hoodies, bras, T-shirts, everything else that you want at the no joke football shop. Um, And so if you haven't gone there, check it out. 20% off, use the uh, codes, daily codes. You can get 999 free shipping for 999 for Zazzle black in the U S and you can also get cool stuff besides our stuff like Marvel and Disney, all that stuff. So check it out at Zazzle.com forward slash grid beauties. And if you haven't gone to the hub, you need to go to the hub at facebook.com forward slash grid beauties. It's the best fan page on social media, 10 years running. And we have the best fans as well, sharing, liking everything else. If you want to know what's going on in the women's game from legend style, to NFL pool kit, you go to the hub at facebook.com forward slash grid beauties. So let's bring in our third guest in the no joke football huddle. And that's going to be the always, excited Terrence Haywood of the IWFA out of Texas. Terrence, how's it going?
4: Hey, how you doing, Oscar?
0: Doing great, sir. Um, Thanks for making the time. I really appreciate it. I know you're a busy
4: man. Well, I try to be. I try to be.
0: Uh, Terrence, uh, I wanted to bring you on because we have this event on August 10th in Mexico. It is the IWFA versus the FXL. So can you tell our audience a little bit about what this event's all about?
4: Oh, yeah, no problem, no problem. Man, we're very excited about what's about to take place. What we have is the FXL out of Mexico. Uh, That league has been around, and a lot of ladies in Mexico are actually playing playing football and playing the sport just like the ladies are here. Um, They're going to be able to take on the best ladies that we have in our league, our all-star team that we put together. And we're taking the ladies to Mexico City. And it should be a great weekend for them. Uh, they're going to arrive there Friday, and, and like I said, it should be exciting. We're going to have a game on Saturday at the Olympic Stadium. And, it's, man, we, I, I can't tell you how excited we are about the opportunity for these ladies being able to go international.
0: Terrence, um, a lot of fans don't know this, but they know it from our, our broadcast. You are a breeding ground for Legends Football League talent and all fantasy athletes, Cassandra Bills, Shaw Marshall, uh, just to name a few there. Um, your league has been instrumental in getting some of these athletes to the next level of visibility, which is Legends Football League. Um, how proud are you of the laboring that you've done so far and then obviously bringing these ladies to that next stage where they make the roster and they're pretty much the Austin Acoustic is kind of a breeding you know, uh excellence of the IWFA in a way.
4: Yeah, Oscar. Uh my, my two partners, uh O. J. McClintock, Roger Roger Green, uh has been pivotal, especially Roger Green been pivotal in at one point he was coaching on the acoustics. And you know, the the level of football knowledge between these two gentlemen I have you can see in in the reflection of the ladies that are actually playing in the in the LFL, in the in the league. Uh They've all played on very strong teams in our league. Uh, They've shown to be exceptional on the teams that they played on. And it's amazing how that level of play just stepped up when they went over to that to that league and just kept going on. Um, you know, Kendri- Kendria was great, but to give a lot of knowledge, uh, a lot of support, uh, Coach of San Antonio, Gibby, Wonderful coach. A lot of those ladies played for his organization, the Texas Legacy. And a lot of those ladies came from that organization and went on to play in that in that LFL. Uh, so
0: Terrence, weird. do you see yeah. yourself do you see yourself uh with the same format? I know you guys have talked about it on your uh Facebook lives, uh keeping the same format for you guys. This is a comfortable zone for you guys, eight on eight. Um you guys have literally kind of branded this for women's uh, for the women in Texas. Um, is that something that you guys are going to keep up? Because, you know, most everybody, oh, let's go to 11. But it's a different style, right? Seven on seven, eight on eight, or nine on nine, nine, It's still a different style of a more fast-paced game, in other words.
4: Yes, we, we feel that the niche that we have with the eight on eight market is it's a skill game. Uh, it's a faster game. It's a higher-scoring game. And in, in my opinion, a more exciting game. Um uh, the ladies, the skill players, you know, there's no hiding in 8 on 8. You you have a field that's 50 yards long, 34 yards wide, and it, like I said there's nowhere to hide. You you're in the box all the time and your skills have to come to the forefront in order to excel at this level, at this level of play. So, we are very proud of what's happening and we look to expand it and we plan on staying in this market.
0: Now, Terrence, um, from my notes, you guys have broken up into two different phases. In ter- I wouldn't say seasons, but if you want to call it phase, a phase, so you have a premier phase and then you have a traditional, I guess, a traditional phase. So it, what's the reasoning behind you guys going to two different levels, in other words?
4: Uh, the reasoning behind that was because as we started, we've been in this business for like, four years, and what we've noticed with some of the ladies and some of the teams, uh, as far as Some ladies uh, take the game to a different level. They want to play at a higher level, stronger competition, Uh, while other ladies like to come out uh, to play with their their friends and just to have fun and getting out as a community and playing football. Different levels of play. And so the Premier gives those ladies that want to step up to that next level the opportunity to play against players that think the same as they do. These are the ladies that are – that are in the gym, working, dedicated, working on the craft, out there uh, going through the drills, getting personal trainers, pushing, and trying to be better all the time to play football at a higher level. So the Premier League gives them that opportunity to do that against other ladies that think the same.
0: Uh, Last year was pretty exciting um, in terms of the Premier League. And I know one one of the athletes that we sponsor is obviously Michelle Marshall and then, uh, you know, try to get her some attention there. Um, A lot (laughs) of the players coming out of this league, Terrence, um, you have either, you know, homegrown, put their name out, Lelani Lopez, Cassandra Bills. Uh, How proud are you that these individuals uh, are coming off your branding? How does that make you feel?
4: Man, that makes me feel wonderful. Uh, That's very exciting. My partners, we all talk about it all the time as far as the level of play, and where we started, and some of these ladies, and where they're where they're going, and, and a lot of them haven't got to their full potential yet. Let's be real; they have not made their full potential. Chris Daniels, uh, a lot of those ladies, the Dowdy uh, mm-hmm. sisters. I mean, a mm-hmm. lot of these people, like I said, started in this league, and we're very proud of where they're going, where they are, and where they're going, to continuing to go, and they're going to grow, and they're only going to get better as the years go on. Tarrant,
0: uh have you got a, a pat in the back for Mortaza at this point? Because you're literally supplying that roster every year. Do You have beer or something coming? <laughs> no, no,
4: not yet. Uh, uh, Mitch haven't haven't done that for me yet. Uh, I look forward to the day when we can sit down and have a beer if you want to. Uh, no problem.
0: Now I'm just joking because I mean you've done you guys have done such tremendous job, and obviously the players, like you said, put in the work, and but the coaching comes down to it as well. Um, uh. Terrence, I don't want to like, go negative here, but losing the te- San Antonio, Texas legacy for whatever reason, uh, they were probably top dogs for a long, long time. Um, it, was that something just of a business situation or decision on both ends, or how did that go about?
4: At the end of the day, we we run a league. Uh, part of our league mm-hmm. is it's the business part. Uh, in business, everyone has to pay a certain fee to get in our league. And so what it came down to uh, – a uh, payment is due, and everyone's given an opportunity to make their payment. And at that time, if you don't comply with what we needed, then you will be put out of the league. And that's unfortunately that's what happened. Uh, they were able, mm-hmm. they were given an opportunity to come back. At that point, the decision is on them. At that point, whether they want to come back or not.
0: So, more of a deadline mentality. Is that is that is that what we're talking about here?
4: Yeah, payment is due. Just like with any business that anybody run, you give them yeah, a deadline, yeah. you give them a deadline on pay when payment is due, and that's all it was. Nothing personal. Uh that organization, much respect for them, yes. They have a wonderful organization. It's just that we have a business to run as a league also.
0: Terrence, are we growing or are you guys like looking to stay at a certain level for revenue, sustainability? I mean what what is the your vision in other words? Is, is uh, You have a great brand, in other words, right now in terms of feeder system and a lot of athletes coming out of that for, you know, not just LFL, but for I- individual growth, for individual players. So what is the vision for the IWFA?
4: The vision is, yes, growth is a vision, but not just uh, uncontrolled growth. We want uh, growth in a certain pattern to where you have ladies that are uh, you want the quality of the game to get better, and the only way the quality of the games is going to get better is for the ladies and the coaching to get better to get them to that level. So yes, while we encourage growth, we want the growth to come with ladies that are taking the game that serious and get, want to get to the next level and work with, work with us and work with the coaches and owners to get to that level and make this league every team like a uh, San Antonio uh you know you don't like to see blowouts i want close games i want games that are people are biting their fingernails going down to the last minute who is going to pull this game out that's what people want to see that's what's going to put fans in the seats that's what's going to make people other ladies want to come join this league and and play so that's our goal uh
0: terrence is texas that viable or uh, like in terms of like the amount of women that want to play this sport do you, do you feel like there's no lacking there? There's just so many women that want to play the sport? Is that my right assessment on that Thanks. in terms of
4: the state itself? <laughs> After Texas is a football state, and, and I think that goes from men to youth and to women. These ladies love to play. There are a lot of ladies out here that love to play that want to play. Some, for some reason, may not even know that women play football at this point. Uh, but Texas is not lacking in talent when it comes to ladies playing football.
0: All right. Um is there any hotbeds that our audience should know in terms of where most of the attention is going? Is it northern Texas, east Texas, west Texas? Where where is the, you know, the the hotbed in terms of interest?
4: Central is the hotbed. Houston, San Antonio, and then work our way from Waco to Dallas. That's that's where the attention is being spread. But central to Houston, to
0: San Antonio, right now. Terence, uh, have you get gratitude from all the stuff that you've done so far in four years? Have you get that in, you know, in direct messages where you get all that big thank you for somebody being I'm... elevated to another level for potential that they've earned? <laughs> and, you know, got away from not being shy, from you know, overcoming adversity. You know how the sport just builds confidence and character yeah. and things like that. You get that as well on a weekly or monthly basis or
4: the one thing I can say is that uh, a lot of the ladies in the league and even the ladies that's gone on to different leagues, uh we all have a good relationship with them and most people who don't know it, our messenger is open. We're not we don't hide from anybody and they have a direct access to us and a lot of times that they have questions or 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 they want to say thank you, for appreciate for what we do and all that. We get that a lot through Messenger, and some put it out there. You know, though we can't make everybody happy, I would say the majority of the ladies are happy about the league and happy with the job we're doing. And if that's the case, then we're happy. You know, that's all we wanted to do was put on a great league, uh, have people appreciate it, and try to run it the best way we can. So, yes, right. we, do get, we get a lot of things, yeah.
0: That's the reason I'm bringing it up is because a lot of times, like, you know, internally in our fan page, I get a lot of positive messages for what we cover and what we do with the international scene and our networking and everything else. So I'm hoping that you get that same positive feedback for from individuals uh, for all your laboring and the, your vision, obviously, to spotlight their uh, amazing talents on a platform.
4: Yes. Yes, we do. Like I said, we do get that. We get a little negative when we do our little weekly videos sometimes, Oscar. But uh, we're willing to live with that. That, that. I guess that keeps it a little exciting.
0: Hey, you can't have too much truth, and then you then you get bashed in the head. It's sort of I've
4: learned right uh, in writing for
0: too long. Hey, you gotta you gotta kind of tune it that. up a little.
4: Yeah, yeah. Sometimes we tell a lot of truth. Uh, our, our our messenger blows up a lot at that point.
0: Yeah. Well, I. You know what? you get passionate people that agree and then you get passionate people that disagree. And as somebody told me in this business, if you're not thick skinned then you shouldn't be on that, that level. You just move on and get somebody else to do do it. it. But no, you uh, you guys have done a great job. Uh, Terrence, I I wanted to bring you on to give you your due because between the three of you, you guys have done a great job. And nobody really is aware of the IWFA unless you're, you know, like ourselves following the women's sport in general. But I really wanted to give you credit, um, even though I'm pretty sure Mitch hasn't done it, but I wanted to give you credit on the amazing talent that is obviously on the Austin Acoustic roster uh, for the last couple seasons. One of the key components was you guys, you know, elevating these players to another level. And that is probably one of the reasons that that team is so successful, not so much because of, you know, Coach Oliveira, but if that's a bonus too. But for overall, they all play – in your league during an off season or during in season. And they're just, you know, honing their
4: craft. Yes. Yes. And I mean, thank you so much for that. And I, I got to give credit also to that to my partner, Roger Green, who also was a defensive coordinator for that Acoustics team uh, last year. And by giving ladies opportunities to play and shine and teaching them how to play defense in a certain way. And it looks like it's paid off. And at the end of the day, the quality of the play is what we what we expected that they can do, and it's, it is showing now and it's shining. I mean, look at the acoustics at this point, and we can be happier.
0: Yeah, I know, and and just the level of the level of uh, uh, competitive play from on that platform, you could tell. And me researching it and going, you know, Rod, I talked to Rod a couple of times, and you know, mm-hmm. getting that feedback from him was just really eye opening for me. To understand that this this is where they're you know being born and this is how they're flourishing um so it's just a a credit to you guys in, in in terms of you know getting these athletes to another level and and having them spotlight on a higher platform but I wanted to give you guys your due yourself included um Terence what is what does twenty twenty look like we' gonna have premier we have premier League coming up here is that what we're doing for the fall?
2: yes
4: sir we have premier. Premier is actually starting, to, the ladies are already starting to uh, get in shape, uh, go through a uh, few meetings, training. So, yes, Premier is coming up. Uh, like I said, uh, once this Mexico trip is done this weekend, Premier is mm-hmm. the main focus at that point. And, like I said, once we go through Premier season, we do have a regular season coming back. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's nonstop. But, you know, at this point, uh, football is just about half the year. you are going almost half the year. Pretty soon, it's going to look like it's going to be going all year long. And
3: yeah, and,
0: and the reason out. I bring it
2: up is because
0: you're you're in that mode that Mexico is. A lot of the Mexico leagues in Mexico do the same thing. They do a two season, uh, two season break calendar, which is eight on eight down there, which is arena style. So, so is that the same plan you guys are going to have here? The traditional, and then obviously back onto Premier, take a break, and then go to Premier, so has that been beneficial for you guys, or is that something for revenue
4: business practice just works well for you guys for that 12 months? Well, it, what it is, it's, it's about getting the ladies that want to go to that next level that opportunity, and so that's mm-hmm. what Premier. You don't get you get better with football with reps. The more reps you have, the better you get. You know, you can practice mm-hmm. all day long against anybody, uh, but you know and I know, The only way to get better at football is to have reps. The more reps you get, the better you are. So we're trying to provide more reps, more playing time, more game situations, and that's going to let these ladies get better.
0: All right. So, Terrence, uh, international event coming up on August 10th, and that's going to be in Mexico, IWFA All-Stars taking on FXL. Will this be a normal thing for you on a yearly calendar, or are you guys planning any things in the future that we should be made aware of?
4: This is going to be a three-year tender with uh, FXL. Uh, mm-hmm. We're going there to start. Uh, next year, around March, they'll be coming to the U.S. to take on our team, and we'll do mm-hmm. this for three years. And then okay, we'll see where we so the through.
0: arrangements, so the calendar is set pretty much for what you guys are going to kind of mutually agree upon. Um, is the U.S. Yeah. event going to happen in, what, San Antonio, Houston? Have you decided yet at all?
4: It'll take place in McAllen. McAllen, okay. Yes.
0: All right. Awesome. So, Terence, thank you again for making the time. Uh, I look forward to chatting you in probably in 2020 as we get closer to that event. Just to spotlight and um, and let everybody know what's going to happen and where it's going to be. Um, but are you are you totally excited? Are you traveling down there to Mexico? Or are you staying in Texas, or what's what's the uh, agenda for you?
4: Uh, i leave tomorrow. You leave tomorrow. Okay. Uh, yes. Yeah, so we have a press conference, uh, there tomorrow. Uh, I mean Thursday. So, uh, OJ and myself will be catching a flight out of here tomorrow, heading toward Mexico to get out of Rangers right before the ladies get there.
0: Okay. So, um, are we going to have the press conference on FXL Facebook or IWFA Facebook, or, or is it going to be at all on there?
4: It'll be on on FXL. Actually, it'll be on both. Uh, Both, okay. So FXL is putting on the press conference, but we'll link it to ours so you can see it there also. All
0: right. So, Terrence, thank you again for making the time. Really uh, appreciate it. Continued success. What an amazing job you guys have done to, uh, you know, breed out a bunch of talented uh, players and athletes that are now in Legends Football League, and it's a credit to you guys and your program. And so I really wanted to just bring you on to give you a you know high five and shout out and continued success. And I look forward to chatting with you maybe in uh, February or so when the next event comes up so we can let everybody know where it's going to be at and get you some exposure as well.
4: Okay. Oscar, I sure appreciate you having me on the show. Uh, best of luck to you and everything you do. I appreciate all you do out here for the, for women's league and giving them an exposure and everything that they need. And, and it seems like you love your job, and that's what it takes to get this lady going to the next level. You're doing everything. I'm just trying to be a part of what you do.
0: All right, Terrence. Thank you very much. Uh, I appreciate everything uh, you guys are, are doing now there, and I uh, just want to give you some some really good props out there, but uh, continued success. Safe travels to Mexico. I uh, look forward to the results on August 10th in terms of who will win the battle between the IWFA All-Stars and the FXL All-Stars, so Looking forward to August 10th at this point. <laughs>
4: okay, Oscar, you know we're going to take this. We're going to bring it home for the USA. Okay. I,
0: can't, I just wanted to get it out of you before you left. Just want to make <laughs> sure I get it out of you. <laughs> oh,
4: yeah. We're going to bring this home, baby. We're going to get it.
0: Go, Michelle. That's my girl right there. Go, Michelle. You got you got oh, secret you sauce right there. Michelle Marshall's the sauce. Okay, so, uh, you know where I'm at. Okay, I'm rooting it. on that. No joke football right there. Michelle Marshall.
4: Okay. righty.
0: All right, Terrence. Have safe travels. Uh we we'll look forward to the results on on uh, August 10th then.
4: Okay, thank you, Oscar. Bye.
0: All right, guys. That was the uh T- Terence Haywood, the co-founder of the IWFA and uh what an amazing uh, work he's done uh in Texas with the IWFA, created two different branches there, a traditional game and an elevator premier game. Um just an exciting Uh, time to be in that league and uh, going forward as he says you know three-year commitment here to do send his best players to Mexico to compete against FXL Mexico as well Um, but they've done a tremendous job and I wanted to bring him on to kind of the spotlight him make sure he got his due a majority of the players uh, on the Austin Acoustic in terms of star power Cassandra Bills Chris Daniels uh, Brittany and the, the Dowdy sisters, Michelle Marshall, previous to that, all these players were basically Lalani Lopez. Were all bred into the IWFa brand before uh, onto the platform of Legends Football League. So, what an amazing job they've done! These athletes are obviously uh, the utmost uh, talent, and uh, we can't say enough. Our, our own girl Michelle Marshall's came from there as well with the San Antonio Legacy, as well as the IWFa there with the Austin Ravens. So, uh, looking forward to August tenth here. It's pretty exciting. We're going to go into the uh, insider fact, uh, section of our show, and today I am excited to welcome into the Gridiron Blitz the uh, LFL fanatic and Nate Ward, who we're going to be talking Legends Football League here for a little bit in terms of the playoffs coming up here. Hey, Nate, how's it going?
3: I'm doing pretty well. How are you, Oscar?
0: I'm doing great. Uh, thank you for making the time. I really appreciate it.
3: My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. I'm actually just uh, getting off the bus here, so I apologize for any background noise.
0: Oh, no, you're fine. Um, Nate, uh, it's it's pretty much set, but we really can't officially say it's set uh, until this weekend, which Austin takes on Nashville. Unless Molly Richardson can pull a rabbit out of her hat, it just doesn't seem like Austin's going to falter. You know what I mean?
3: Uh, yeah, no. No. Um like you said it, it's pretty much set in stone it's going to take um it's going to take a, a houdini for nashville to uh overcome what austin has proven and that is that after the legends cup loss last year they are a force to be reckoned with i think uh coming close against la was just a slight bump in the road um but i think moving forward uh you know minor corrections from things we saw in that game and just uh not holding on to any grudges from that. I think they uh, they have a, a really good chance of going all the way. Uh, not too many hurdles in their path.
0: Uh, Nate, uh, you got to see the disaster that was Chicago versus Nashville, where they couldn't even snap the ball correctly. Kind of a lot of issues there. Defensively, they played okay, but overall, Chicago, just a down year. I think it needs to be retooled. Uh, Nashville, I think, looks okay, but they just – I don't think they're at that Austin, uh, Austin acoustic level. So really a, a tale of two different franchises that are just going through transition.
3: Yeah, um, I think that's a game that both teams will not want to talk about for a while. Um, I think on mm-hmm. Chicago's side, I think it's a, it's a tale of a, of a new coaching system. Obviously with the departure of Keith Hack, that was a, a very key blow, as well as a lot of the veterans uh, on Nashville's side. I think it was uh, just... A, just a case of bad luck like I said with Austin with LA just a, a bump in the road nothing went right but I think um, I think Nashville's on a good trajectory I think they just need uh, just a little more ramp up in Chicago uh, uh, I don't know there there needs to be uh, another conversation about where the coaching staff goes from there and where uh, a lot of players go from there. We saw that in that uh, that wow clip, that there was a lot of um, frustration, a lot of animosity, and a lot of disconnect in that locker room, and that is not something you want to see uh, in any team, especially when you only have four games in a season, and not a whole lot of time to, to iron that out.
0: Yeah, I totally understand. I kind of felt bad for Tamika Robinson and uh, JaVale Thompson, but uh, their highlight of the year, I think, was Emma uh, Vander Hayden on defense, so that's something they can, you know, kind of build on on defense. I think they play decent on defense. Offensively, they just, you know, couldn't they, – they look like the Omaha Heart of a year ago. They look really disarray on offense. You know what I mean? It's just – they look bad.
3: You know, when, when, uh, when you can look at a team and you can say they look like the Denver Dream or the Omaha Heart, you really need to rethink your options. Uh, like you said, on defense yeah. – you know they've got a uh, you know they've got a star athlete in her to, to to rally around and to to learn from and execute better uh, offensively. I total rebuild. I can't think and unless you can. I can't think of one name that would stand out amongst them to really take leadership and grab the reins and correct that because they they look like the um, was it the Omaha Art about two years ago when they just got totally annihilated every step of
2: the way. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, this weekend. Uh, Omaha
0: took on Atlanta. There was a lot of hype coming into this game. Uh, you know, Lauren Crouch was basically the, the quarterback, the up-and-coming up quarterback, and uh, it looks to me like no longer going to be that. Uh, she got her collarbone broken on the fir- in the first half. Yeah. So Atlanta really came to play. Uh, it was kind of a brutal game in a way. Uh, they set the tone early, and it, I don't believe they had Ziegler from what my notes were saying. But other than that, uh, Atlanta really needed to make a statement here if they wanted to stay in the uh, top four race, and they did. And so um, Omaha had a pretty good season. Uh, I mean, in terms of home games, they won both their home games. They struggled against Seattle 70-6, and obviously they get blown out here 50-14. to So a lot of work to do in Omaha to just, you know, figure out that they're at that next level. And I, I don't think they are yet, but they're working towards it.
3: Yeah, they'll they'll get there eventually, but you're talking about an, an Atlanta team that has uh, even without Lauren Ziegler, they have stuck together um through I can't even recall how many seasons I've fallen since two thousand twelve and it feels like they've been there forever. Uh and you're also talking about a head coach and Dane Robinson that every year it's just more uh you know, uh elbows to the grindstone and more building and building and getting closer and closer and having that determination. I would not be surprised if we see Austin and Atlanta duking down the final, if it lays out that way. Um, And I see, you know, I I see Dane not holding, uh, not holding back any punches just as much as Michael Barrow. Yeah. I think that's
0: the road that we're going to probably see at this point. Um, The rematch, happen in week 14, that's going to probably happen again. Uh, like I said, it's not official yet because obviously we got to play Austin uh, plays Nashville this weekend. We could get surprised, but overall the percentages are obviously on the Austin side. Um, the 33-26 uh, win Austin against Los Angeles. They lose Naz Johnson. A lot of injuries for LA. Um, we were talk- I was talking to um, uh, Ashley Salerno on IG when we were- they were doing the you know the, the game Uh, the live game on there, but there were just a lot of things that went wrong for Los Angeles in that game that obviously prevented them from winning that matchup, but uh, they didn't, you know, 33 26 is still pretty close game. So I'm pretty sure uh, Los Angeles looking forward to what the result will be on Saturday. If it comes out in Austin's favor, we have a rematch. So I'm pretty sure Soleno is going to be trying to get ready for that next level. They, she'd like to go back to the legends cup and that would be nice.
3: Oh, I'm sure. Uh, you know, any Los Angeles fan and any Los Angeles player that's been there long tenure, especially any of them that's been around since uh, the, the the Dave Bisab era and the uh, the first couple of years of Tui. So, no, I'm pretty sure they would they would love to get back to the back to the throne and back to the crown. And I think if they can uh, resolve those those injuries from that game, because like you said, they never quit. I mean, it it got down to the wire, and I, I think if they on that, that key call at the end of the game, I think if they hang on to the ball, they,
4: they, mm-hmm.
3: um, they come back and they have that game sealed. Uh, but it just it didn't pan out that way, and uh, Austin ran away with the W. Yeah, and, and you know what? Uh, the, only, the only knack that we've got to have on the NFL is
0: uh, obviously the too much of allowable penalties. It just, they don't control the game to the point where if they had controlled the game, it would have been a different competitive game but they they just allowed a lot of stuff. And so that caused also some injuries that shouldn't have happened. and so But there's just a lot of things that Mitch and and the LFL can do. Unfortunately, they don't do season to season, but it would make it a lot more uh, of a true ballgame. But uh, overall, I think L.A. is going to be ready on the second. Uh, I know, speaking to Ashley on uh, Instagram, uh, they said, hey, we're ready for the 24th. They're looking forward to whoever they're going to have to face at this point. It looks like it's going to be Austin again. So that's going to be exciting in Ontario. Atlanta against Seattle. Uh, that'll be Dane Robinson against uh, Chris Michelson. And so I, I would say he's in the same boat he's been with versus Hack. Uh, it's going to be a tough, tough battle for him, especially if he has no Ziggler. And then he he also lost uh, Alfie Gore to an ACL. So there's two uh, two players out right there. Yeah, I
3: I think. Um... I mean, we saw in the the last Seattle game, I'm pretty sure she's held by now, they were without Allie Alberts, and I think that that showed a little bit when you have a player that you kind of, you lean on more than others. You know, we talk about having a a core player that everybody rallies around, and I think Allie Alberts is that player, and I think we saw that against Austin. It just, the, the keys were not there, and the players were not locked in, and I think once you have all those pieces together, I think it improves tenfold. So I think in terms of, Seattle with getting their injuries together, L.A. getting their injuries together, um, and then Atlanta not having a couple of key players. I think we're in for a more interesting playoff than we have been, and that's also saying because of the fact that we don't have, you know, we don't have Eastern-Western Conference. We're talking power ranks one through four, so that throws a little curveball into the mixture as well.
0: Uh, Nate, what did you think of the format? I think it's a better format for an eight-team eight slate. I think it makes it more competitive. It's a, because the, before it was kind of lopsided. You already knew who was coming out of the east, you know, the west or the east. I really think this format really works well, uh, works well for the way that they, the league is put up. In other words, you know, every game is a playoff matchup. And so I think this, this type of ranking or this type of setting works way better for every team because it's like you have to come every game with a playoff mentality.
3: Yeah, uh, the way I see it, it's uh, it's almost like a better layout than the uh, college football playoff
0: because <laughs> mm-hmm. you have exactly. four
3: teams. Cause you have four teams that you know, you're you're getting matchups you probably normally wouldn't have in what would normally be a conference championship type setting. But at this rate, also where we're at right now, you don't have a definitive winner. There's no, we're not looking at it as you know. Seattle did this during the season, so they're going to dominate the game. Atlanta did this during the season. They're a surefire win. You can look up and down the top of the bottom. They all have uh, their, their, their positive sides, their trip-ups, and their strengths and weaknesses, and they will all play a factor in this new format, which I think I think we're going to see for years, years to come, and I don't disagree with it one bit.
0: Yeah, especially if you keep the same market. the the eight squad teams, I think it makes more sense that way. You can uh, build brand loyalty. You can, you know, get excitement. I mean, uh, the fans, from uh, my feedback, the fans in Omaha really, really appreciated the two home wins because they were really hyped, even though they're probably up against, you know, uh, the lower quality teams, but they're on the same level that their team was. So I think they really appreciate the fact that they won two games there. Um, But they, you know, obviously didn't fare as well with the higher level ranked teams, which is Seattle or Atlanta. So they still got a little bit of work to do that way. Um, It's going to be a great matchup. Seattle against Atlanta on August 24th. That's been set. So we're waiting for this weekend at Austin versus Nashville. Uh, Winner. If Nashville wins, that throws a a kind of a kink into the whole armor thing, but I doubt that that's going to happen. I I really think uh, Austin is really looking forward to this and Los Angeles will be, you know, watching of course, because, They'd love to get their rematch at home, and what better way to knock off uh, Austin than a, on, in Ontario in the playoffs?
3: Yeah, I think um, I think Austin will be looking to um, put the the L behind them, uh, crank it back up, and um, knock down anybody that's in their Because I I see a team that you know they're saying we just came up short last year and boy, do we, uh, are, are we set on, on getting that trophy? Um, and that's not to to put down the other teams, but this is, you know, this is an Austin team that much like, you know, the Omaha's and the Denver's had their, their problems in the beginning. And then just sort of, um, rebuilt as we're saying up here in Seattle with the, with the, the Mariners and baseball talk, um, they, you know, they they reinvented themselves, and we saw the result last year and how they came up short. And so they'll be looking for uh, not only a victory in the um, the playoffs, but also hopefully looking for that that rematch against Atlanta. And that's assuming that um, you know Seattle's not ready for them. And uh, we see something similar as we have the the last couple times that Atlanta and Seattle have have seen each other.
0: All right, uh, Nate, uh, just l- let the fans know here. Uh, you've been a long-time LFL fan since, what, 2009,
3: since it began? or I first discovered it back in 2011 when they were on uh, MTV2, and I kind of traced back their history from there, kind of checked them out, and then uh, my wife was actually sitting next to me. She's excited I'm on here. Um, I showed her a, a clip, and she was the one that actually convinced us to start going to the games. So I'd never been to a, a game before, and, Um, we started going regularly and we've only missed like two games since they rebranded as legends.
0: So a big Seattle miss fan. Seattle, uh, is where it's at. Um, and they obviously the legends cup will be in Seattle as well. And that's a pretty good arena there. Eighth man on in Seattle. Uh, Nate, I really appreciate you coming on. Give us the insights. Uh, we'll be here uh, next week. I don't know if you can make it next week, but if you can, that'd be great. And we'll kind of talk base this weekend, Austin against Nashville. It is a, uh, situation where the knights can pull the upset here we'll see if uh, austin lets down but overall the playoffs are set august 24th atlanta seattle that is already set we're looking to see if it's going to be austin los angeles if the knights fall here this weekend so uh thanks for making the time i really appreciate it and uh all your insights
3: Thank you for having me on, and, yeah, I'll definitely try to try to get in uh, next week and talk some more. Uh, this is fun. I've never done a podcast before, so I'll be happy to put input as much as I can. Yeah, you're always welcome, Nate, and look forward to next Tuesday
0: when we talk about uh, the actual playoff picture, and then it's going to be pretty exciting to kind of talk about scenarios and that. So have a, a safe uh, ride home, and uh, we'll chat next Tuesday,
3: LFL playoffs uh, for August 24th. That sounds good. You have a great evening as well. Thank you Nate. Thank you.
0: All right guys, uh LFL Insider, uh Nate Ward, uh, Big Seattle Miss Fan and obviously been following the sport for a, a while. Um one of my uh one of my colleagues on LFL headquarters on one of the group boards as well, LFL Strong. So there's a lot of uh, group boards that we kind of go with, but uh Nate's kind of a nice uh individual to kind of pick his brain on in terms of what's going on in the league. He's been a part of the LFL realm for a long time. So I really wanted him to want to bring him on so that he can give us another perspective in terms of what's happening in the league and everything else. So going forward, hopefully not just for this year, but next year, uh, hopefully I can persuade him to make the time. And we'll be talking legends football league week to week. And he's pretty knowledgeable in that as well. So, uh, so we'll be talking LFL playoffs, August 24th, and that'll be in Ontario, Atlanta versus Seattle, it is Austin versus whoever it happens this weekend. So Nashville, if Nashville loses, it'll be Austin, Los Angeles. So that's pretty much set if the Nashville Knights lose. If they win, kind of throws a kick in the armor there. So we'll keep to house of it this weekend. If you missed the game, it was a week, uh, I believe week 14, uh, Austin 33, and it is uh, Los Angeles 26. And then you also have this weekend, Omaha 50 to 14, Atlanta beats Omaha. A lot of injuries in that game as well. Uh, Quarterback Lorne Crouch went out with a collar injury. Uh, Alfie Gore went out with an ACL. There was a couple injuries that happened there, as well as injuries in the previous game in Week 14 against um, the Austin-LA matchup. You get everything at the Hub on Facebook.com, Forest Gridiron Beauties. Check it out. Uh, LFL360 has articles from both games there. You Check that out as well. And uh, we got the Euro Championships coming up here August 12th. Through the 17th, uh, the tournament happens in Leeds, UK, Austria, Finland, Sweden, um, and the Great uh, Great Britain team, Lions. Our No joke Football Athlete, TV Sketcher is going to be on the GB Lions uh, as well. So we're looking forward to it. One Side Productions will be televising the tournament live. We will have links and coverage from Double Coverage. That's our network partner as well. we got articles coming up there from Double Coverage. So we're to on it. We're also going to be covering the Mexican Women's Open Tournament in Monterey, August 14th through the 18th. That's coming up as well. August 10th, we just talked to Terrence Haywood here prior to Nate, and we're going to have the IWFA versus XFL in Mexico. So very exciting there. So a lot of action happening this whole month. WFA Team United taking on MINFA Canada August 30th and September 1st. And that's going to be – Uh, the matchup there in terms of in Toronto, Canada. Then in September, we have AFD Ladies' Bowl, the German League, DBL1, September 21st, the Ladies' Bowl. And action this weekend in Germany, AFVD, action in Germany, DBL1. It is uh, August 10th, Berlin Cobras, the champs, versus Kelbic Baltic Hurricanes. Uh, It is Hamburg Amazons versus the Berlin Knights. And then on the 11th, the Munich Rangers versus the strike guard scorpions. We will have coverage from uh Germany on the Facebook page at the hub at facebook.com forward views from all our photographers and our network partners as well. And let's get ready for NFL football this coming uh fall here as we get ready for preseason football. Uh we'll have our co-hosts back hopefully next week, uh Holly Custis, Mackenzie Brooks, uh Louise Bean, and Troy Wilson, as we gear up towards the NFL. We'll see if we get Nate back next week, as we'll confirm that for you for uh, talking Legends Football League. But get ready, Australian women's season kicking off in a couple weeks here, about a week or two here. We are going to get New South Wales, Queensland, Acrid Iron, and Western Australia, all seasons coming up. So in between covering the NFL here on the Great Iron Blitz, we are going to have you covered as well, down under for the whole season in NSW, New South Wales, Queensland, at Gridiron, and, of course, WA. So we're really excited to find out what's going to happen in the new season down under uh, for Australia. So really, uh, the whole thing's happening overall. If you missed it, if you haven't heard about it or you want to know, you go to the hub at facebook.com forward slash Gridiron Beauties. 20,000 strong on social media. The best podcast on the planet talking women's American football and NFL weekly. You're listening to it right here on iHeartRadio, Block Talk Radio, TuneIn, FM, and Apple Podcasts. So really appreciate everybody going, giving us reviews and feedback. Really, really appreciate that. Um, so thanks to Ebony Kimbrough, uh, the owner of the Carolina Queens of the WNFC 2020, and thanks to Coach Rich Harrigan for coming in here and giving us insights on the Philly Phantoms for the WNFC 2020, and, of course, Terrence Haywood, co-founder of the IWFA, kind of give us the insights in terms of his league and what an amazing job they've done there to kind of create a feeder system for Legends Football League, primarily the Austin Acoustic. And they've done a great job there as well. Um, so want to bring everybody on just kind of talk about that. WNFC Phase 2, uh, we will try to get a hold of some of the folks in La Muerte de las Cruces and the Mississippi Lady Panthers, the two other teams They are obviously on board now with phase two of the WNFC 2020. So Carolina Queens, Philadelphia Phantoms, La Morte de las Cruces, and the Miss, uh, Mississippi Lady Panthers. And that's going to uh, take effect in 2020. Kind of interesting to see how the mix will work out in terms of the Atlantic division in the WNFC, because now we've added some more competitive teams in there with Alabama Fire, New Orleans Hippies, then we got the Texas Elite Spartans, and uh, obviously the uh, staple Atlanta Phoenix. Uh, North, full, North Full of Pumas, from what we're told, no longer will be participating in the WNFC 2020. So that's, uh, I don't know where they'll end up at this point, um, but we'll keep you up to date on that as well at the Hub. Go to our Twitter feed daily, everything in Twitter daily. Check it out. Um, health tips, news, everything that's happening in the NFL. Plus you get Twitter exclusive coverage from us on everything that's happening in the women's game from all our network partners. On Twitter as well. We're shooting for 10,000 on Twitter. We're almost at 6,700. So if you don't follow us on Twitter, go follow us on Twitter. It's pretty awesome. And then if you haven't followed us on Instagram, check out our Instagram at Gridiron Beauties on Instagram. Uh, and if you don't use the hashtag, you need to start using the hashtag because if you're a, a, a woman's athlete that plays American football, your hashtag is a pretty simple hashtag. It's called No Joke Football, and that's what your game's all about. So use our hashtag, 10,000 hashtag impressions on instagram using hashtag no joke football very proud of that so check it out go to the hub go to instagram go to twitter check it out Twenty thousand strong bringing awareness to the women's football and uh, we are the best podcast on the planet so thank you for making us number one and making us the best out there Uh, we would not be on the air without our sponsor who's been sponsoring us for six years so if everybody wants to help us out, you go to Zazzle.com forward slash Gridiron Beauties. Zazzle.com forward slash Gridiron Beauties. Check it out. Save up to 20% off. Use the daily codes. Order some shirts. Order a hoodie. Order anything that, you, that we have at the shop. And if you want to order the throwback classic, which is the silver and black no-joke football shirt, go ahead and order that as well. That's the one that is being uh, spotlighted by Sasha Cruz and all the other athletes that we uh, sponsor as well and as as well as Anna Garza uh, with the no-joke football, um, own the game, own the field gear. So check it out there, and you have that going on. So thanks to uh, Mr. Hayward for coming in, and uh, also thanks for uh, Rich Harrigan and Ebony Kimbrough. And so we'll catch you guys here next week on the Blitz as we have the whole crew back. Appreciate it. Have a great night, everybody.